Welcome into episode 52 of the Pegasus Podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams, and I'm joined as always by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCA Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Well, UCF did it, Christian. UCF beat Florida 29-17. We're here. It's 12.53 a.m. It's Christmas Eve. Happy Christmas Eve, everyone. Merry Christmas. And wow. Yeah, you know what's great about the hotel I'm staying in? We're currently in my hotel room. Bailey's not in a hotel because he lives in this uh, city. It's about the same as state. We all do. <laughs> we do, yeah. Um, it was me in this hotel, and I'm not exaggerating, like at least a thousand Gator students. Like the UF band stayed here. The UF cheerleader stayed here. Like it was, it, and like, man, let me tell you. Being, especially last night, being surrounded by like a thousand drunk UF students was not an experience I'm looking to replicate. But it was fun tonight because they all were really, really sad and looked like dejected and like they didn't know where their lives were going. So that was a really cool like yeah, end to the trip. Just the journey to get up to this hotel room was quite the journey. But because there were so many, they're all trying to yeah. leave right now. They don't get to stay tonight. They're getting on their buses to go back to that small little you know backwater town they call Gainesville. So. This is not where I thought the start of this podcast would go. I'm still really. It well, seems well, like listen, you're we like, had a long night. Obviously, we covered the game, then we did post game, then we tried to get some dinner, and that was a whole hassle. <laughs> then we get back to the hotel, and we can't even get to our freaking room. We can't get an elevator. Every <laughs> elevator is full of gators, dejected, sad gators, just trying to crawl home to their swamp. So hope they make it back <laughs> safe tonight. Um, but anyway. Uh, UCF beat Florida. They did it just like we predicted they would, even though I don't think any either of us actually believed it until it happened. Yeah, so we talked about that like while we were in the press box. Like, <laughs> I don't know. We both. I talked myself so much into the fact that I was like, yeah, they, they can they can win this game, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'll I'll predict it's going to happen. I don't think I ever really thought it was going to happen, no. and and it wasn't until like a point in the third quarter. It played pretty well in the first half, and like the game went into halftime down ten to nine, but. I was like, there was a point in the third quarter where I was kind of like, okay, I can actually see this like going everyone, like going UCF's way. And it really was that moment where I was like, oh, I guess I guess this is happening. And I still didn't really want to believe it until there was like maybe two minutes left. And I was like, all right, they literally they can't come back at this point. Like, there's no way. I refuse to believe it literally the entire game. Like literally <laughs> even as we're like UCF's up 29-17. Like uh, UF got the ball back I think with like two and a half minutes to go. And UCF's up two scores, and I'm like, that, I don't know, it's not over. By like, that point, by that point, I had to kind of let myself like I was just like, all right, this this is it. But yeah, there was I think when once UCF went up by nine, I was like starting to think, and like I think people on Twitter started celebrating a little early, and I was like, okay, yeah, like, I'm starting to feel like this game probably is over because of the way Florida's offense just can't move the ball on UCF's defense. But I was like, I gotta check myself here because. There's a lot of game left. There's like 10 minutes left in the game, and I was like, well, it's not completely over. Well, we were um, we were talking about this before, but, you know, I mean, we, the big difference between how UCF won this game was the big difference between, like, you know, how the past offense functioned because they were just eating clock in the second half. Yeah. I mean, it, you could see as soon as they took a two-score lead, the new game plan was eat as much clock as possible. And under Hypo and under Frost, it was a constant problem where UCF would have a double-digit lead and they couldn't close the game out. And so seeing that tonight, especially against this team, which obviously is such a special freaking win, it's not up there with the Peach Bowl, obviously, or the Fiesta Bowl. Right. I mean, that's a totally different class. But, like, this is just, like, this is a team that I don't think UCF's ever beaten, like, a team that they have such a messed-up relationship with the fan base as this team. Like, UF or UCF-USF is, like, a rivalry, so that's all different. These are just two fan bases that just flat-out hate each other and yeah. always have. And There's... it... it to see all those dejected UF fans, it's just it's, they, it's they took off pretty early too. They were started emptying out at that like ten minute mark. It was Which, still a nine. By the game. way, speaking of that, I have to say they had a ton of fans there, so that like a, it was about fifty fifty. So it felt like it, yeah. Even though they didn't care, that's um, the thing. Is it was like I would say it was fifty fifty in terms of like fans that were there. But if you're talking about like noise and like how into oh. the game, like UCF fans showed up and so they were loud. I have loud. a theory about Raymond James. 
yeah. uh, the stadium, not the company. Um, I don't actually know <laughs> what the company does, to be honest with you. I thought it was a person's name, and then I found out it was a company leaf. Yeah. Company. But so uh, it's eerie how mu- how well UCF performs in that stadium every time they go there, they win the game. And I think what it is is we've talked about UCF's home advantage is unique because their fans are like UCF fans are nuts in the best way. Like that was a totally fifty <laughs> fifty crowd, but the noise was like eighty twenty UCF. UCF yeah. fans are just nuts. And at Raymond James, they always pack that stadium with their own <clears> fans, so it's they really are a Tampa's hometown team too. Like that felt like a home game for UCF, even yeah. with literally thirty thousand Gator fans in attendance. Yeah, it was it was crazy. And just back to your point about them being able to kill so much clock and something they didn't do a lot a lot under Scott Frost and Josh Heupel, but like they got that lead, and so the the field goal, the lead, they kicked a field goal to go up nineteen to seventeen with three oh four left in the third quarter. That drive itself took four fifty off the clock. Then they get a stop, and then they have the 54-yard touchdown pass from Keene to O'Keefe. That made it 26-17. And then from there, they got the ball back and were just killing clock, killing clock. They ended up having a field goal drive. Uh, with, they kicked a field goal with 241 left to go up by 12. And that drive took 516 off the clock. So they got the ball with like roughly, what, seven like seven or eight minutes left and took it all the way down into three minutes and put some more points up on the board. Yeah, just like, – I mean, and that's like literally like it's so frustrating under the old staffs, because you would have situations just like this where you see up, up, up double digits like a quarter to go, and they just couldn't stop themselves from playing fast. But I just, I, this is a really, like, it is it is a monumental moment for UCF, and I'm not trying to overplay, because at the end of the day, they beat a 6 win Florida team, but what that signals about the way football going is in the state, UCF is unequivocally no debates to be had the best team in the state of Florida, no matter yeah. how you look at it this year. And that's how they've held before, and it does start to feel like I mean, you've even saw like seeing UCF's recruits from this class, Quan Lee, Jordan McDonald, so many guys going nuts on Twitter over this. It's like this is a big freaking deal. I mean, this was a massive brand cementing moment for UCF. I mean, you hear you heard Gus say it in his post game, I guess on ESPN. We didn't really hear that because we were in the press box, but then he came into the um, into the post game press conference and said the same thing. Where you know, there this is going to help recruiting in a lot of ways. He said you just brought in like this amazing class just a few days ago. And he goes, and it's only going to get even better. And that's Gus's like go-to line for that the end of the night was just like, "This is just the start, and and it's, it's going to get it's going to get better from here." And we talked about it a lot like throughout the season how this is a foundational year and like cons- all things considered, like for them to be eight and four at this point was like really really good. Now the fact that they were able to like finish it off with a with a twelve point win over a Florida team that like I don't care what you say like they, they that team cared. Hey, and let me I ask think, you a question. If you don't care about a game, would you get ejected for punching someone on a PAT attempt? Because that happened to a Florida player. Yeah. There was a fight after the game. Like, listen, Florida players are going to say that line, and I said before the game, and I stand by that now. By the way, I just feel so vindicated for all my takes on this bowl game since it actually they yeah. actually won, even though it would have been horrible and I would have been in a ball of tears <laughs> right now if you see I've lost. Like... Florida fans can say whatever they want. You can see nationally, this has been a big deal. All of yeah. Twitter, all of social media is like, whoa, UCF with a statement win. And I just, this is, you know, we talked about, oh, I have to take a victory lap on another thing real quick, just just while I'm acting really cocky and frankly like a not nice person. Another big victory for me was I, I nailed that Bowser's the X Factor. Yeah. Isaiah Bowser basically won them that game. Yeah. And I, I tweeted this earlier in the game, and I feel like you agree this is, if Bowser is healthy the whole season, this is an entirely different for a season for UCF. I mean, I think every loss is back on the table if Bowser's healthy. Very, really very possibly, yeah. Yeah. He but ran the ball 35 times for 155 yards and two touchdowns. He is, I started saying as a joke in the press box, I said, come hell or high water, Isaiah Bowser will get you two yards. Because yeah. there are so many plays where there is no play there, and he yeah. just muscles he just falls yards. forward. He's a freaking bruiser. I have a feeling he's going to be in the NFL next year. I mean, yeah. he, he just... 
But, I mean, this is, you look at Malzahn's first season, and no, it's not what we imagined, and God, they dealt with so much adversity from the injuries to everything. I mean, Malzahn said, what, they're 27 players down from where yeah, they were from the when they started fall, camp, yeah. and that's from injuries, transfers, all kinds of stuff. And to get to nine wins, and to beat Florida in the bowl game, like, and be the best team in the state, this was a really, free, and third in the conference, like, this yeah. was all around, like, this actually turned into a really solid foundational year, just really solid. And for them to beat Florida the way they did, like, there's there's no flukes. There's nothing fluky about this game. Like, they their defense dominated early. The offense started slow. But once the offense kind of got themselves in it, you know, they just fed off of each other. And the defense throughout the night was just insane. I think they had eight quarterback hurries and uh, six pass breakups. They were making Emory Jones' life miserable. And that was that was really good to see because UCF, their defense is at its best when Travis Williams is, is calling for pressure and bringing a lot of pressure. And they're their D-line was just getting home. Like It wasn't even like they had to blitz a ton. It was their D-line was just manhandling Florida. And UCF won in the trenches, and I just didn't really – I was. that's the one thing I told you I was concerned about. I was like, I know they're 6-6. Six and six. I know they're not very good. They've been up and down this year. But, like, it's still an SEC offensive line. It's, it's still an SEC defensive line. But UCF won the battle, I think, on both sides. Well, that's the whole thing is the whole selling point of the SEC is the SEC has lines that just nothing compares to them yeah. on both sides <clears> of the ball. And the O-line definitely held their own, without a doubt. But the UCF's D-line legitimately manhandled Florida's offense. Yeah. I mean, it was just it was crazy to see. And that's exciting because, A, that's insane that UCF assembled that at a group of five school. And, B, yes, Big Cat's gone next year. Kalea obviously didn't play tonight. He's been out, and we don't know if he's come back. But Selisgar is back next year. Cam Good is back next year. I mean, Ricky Barber is back next year. Mm-hmm. Tremont I mean, Morris-Brash. Tremont Morris-Brash. I mean, you can ride. Keenan Hester had a pretty good Keenan game Keenan Hester. Too. You can literally ride that unit to a conference championship. That's I really thing. believe that. Like, Keenan Hester. The, the, I've said this before, so I just got to say it real quick. The key to winning in college football is an elite quarterback and an elite D-line. Yeah. I know UCF doesn't have the quarterback yet. We can talk about Mikey Keene a little bit, but I really think they could next year have another step in that direction. Pairing that with a great D-line, UCF can be really freaking good next year. Yeah, and the thing I was going to say, Keenan Hester is literally the guy that was like filling in for Kalia Davis. Like He's yeah. he's a depth guy that has stepped up since Kalia went down, and I think Keenan Hester's played really, really well down the stretch, that. and tonight I think he capped off what was a really, really good year. But... Yeah, I don't even really, really know where to go next. If you want to talk about Mikey now, we can. Well, I do want to say really quickly, just to be clear, if we're talking a little softly, we are at, in, a, in a hotel at 1 a.m., yeah. so that's why we're not like doing our usual screaming. Yeah, um, yeah we can talk about Mikey. Man, there was the um, UCF Twitter Mafia's relationship with Mikey was certainly a roller coaster tonight. <laughs> um, he didn't have a good game. There's no, no way around that. The, the worst moment to me was that flea flicker, which was a beautiful play call. Wide open. Wide open and just completely screwed, screwed the throw. What I will say is because I saw, like, basically off Twitter was got to the point where they didn't like, we have seen enough of Mikey, get rid of him and yeah. all. All I'll say is there is another UCF quarterback that had a very rough first bowl game, and his name is Mackenzie Milton. He was quite good after that. And I don't know if it's if Mikey's going to be the quarterback next year, yeah. but he still had a really solid freshman year. I think he finished with 17 touchdowns to six picks. Yeah. He did have that great, that throw to Ryan O'Keefe, which set up the Otis Peace sign moment, which yeah. was, like, literally one of the most, like, touching things I've ever seen in UCF football. But, no, Mikey didn't have a good game, but I just, I'm not, like, I, I don't know. I'm not, like... What's- sold on him him his error just being over what's interesting about Keen and like him not having that great of a game he finished 14 of 22 not a terrible completion percentage 144 yards really nothing only 6.5 yards per uh, completion he had a touchdown but no turnovers yeah didn't turn the ball over played well enough for them I mean, UCF's running game obviously and they got some big plays but their run game was what won them the game their defense as well but sometimes you just need your quarterback especially as a true freshman you need your quarterback to be Play mistake-free football, and he didn't make a lot of mistakes tonight. Yeah, and, and that was, and that honestly, like, he kind of felt like sort of a game manager tonight. Yeah, which that's fine. That's all they know? needed. That's him all they need. 
And honestly, so we got to talk about the good and the bad this game. There was some bad. The first two offensive drives were like the worst thing I've ever seen. First three, really. First. Three. So here's here's what they went out. I tweeted this because I was like, they're not. The defense is not going to sustain what they're doing right now if the offense keeps doing this. But the offense went in the first drive. They went four plays, fourteen yards, and one oh four. The next one was three plays, negative one yard, and two oh eight. And then the next one was three plays, zero yards, and one twenty five. So they were just the de- Florida defense was getting off the field immediately as soon as they got onto it, and. It was, and I was worried that UCS defense was going to get tired out because that just that's not sustainable. But at some, like it got to a point where UCF really needed a drive. They really needed to sustain something, and they got it. and They put it together because um, UF went up seven nothing. But then this was the um, there's actually a key fourth down. It went four on fourth and five on Florida's side of the field and converted it, and they ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive. It was a ten play, seventy four yard drive that took three forty seven, and they got it to seven to six. UCF went for two and didn't get it. And that, I thought that the whole night I was thinking that was going to come back to get them. Never did. But, yeah, no, they, just when they needed that drive, they sustained it. And from there, the offense, like, there were still moments where it was just like, what what, what are we watching? But there was other moments where, like, they were getting the big plays. And that's what Gus has said all year was that to be successful, that, like, they rely on the big plays. They need the big plays to get them down there and set them up. And they were getting them. Yeah, I was really about to say that was – it felt like every year after the offense had a bad game, Gus said we have to find a way to get explosive plays. And it's kind of ironic because it was the bowl game, but it really felt like the culmination of that tonight. I mean, they had just, especially in the second half, it kind of felt like it was just each drive was stringing these big, massive plays together. And I just, I was really impressed. Like I said, there were some mind-boggling decisions. It was... Um, Sending Obarski out for a 51-yard field goal. It was after that, half-time. and it was also once again putting Joey Gatewood in in a key moment for him to just, like, sink the game. I don't understand what Gus saw from Joey Gatewood. That was yeah. very strange, but I will say, there was a run... Like, Auburn fans were convinced that, like, this... Because they, they told us the Gus Balls on formula is, oh, you have a good season, and then you lose your bowl game. That was an excellent coaching job for the bowl game all around. Yeah. Like I said, some dumb moments, but... And it just goes to show, hey, maybe UCF's just a better program than Auburn. Who would have thought... Um, maybe maybe when like boosters have a significant amount of say in your program, that might affect your program's ability to perform. Yeah. But anyway, no, this is just I, I like it's this is just this is such a cool night and a cool moment. Like really, like it's not a top, top win in UCF history, but just from a brand building perspective and what this program can be perspective, it's such a cool night. Yeah, and I'm trying not to forget anyone that we're supposed to shout out. And I've got two right off the top of my head. Now we're talking to talk about the game's MVP, which was Ryan O'Keefe. Um, I don't know. He was he had a, a few big kickoff returns, but he also ran for 110 yards on four carries and caught seven passes for 85 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, let me say something about that real quick, yeah. because I, earlier in the season, I declared that Johnny Richardson needed to stop playing, and then he had the best game of his season, and then last week, I, um, or it was two weeks ago, it was a recruiting podcast, yeah. I talked about how, like, now they have um, Townsend, who can be, like, what O'Keefe can't, which is, like, that sort of dual-role guy, and then O'Keefe tonight had, like, a ridiculous amount of yards. See, I still feel, I still ways. feel like we weren't off on that. I was thinking about I that don't think we were, but I just felt like I should shout out that he had a great What we night. ended up saying, yeah, what we ended up saying was that O'Keefe is a playmaker in a different way, because we were talking about Townsend being kind of like Otis was for UCF, yeah. and how he can be, because, like, Otis, or not Otis, um, O'Keefe is still... Like he's not like a, he's not gonna be in the backfield. He's not a running back. He, these these rushing yards he's getting are on these end arounds on these like reverses, and it's different. What Townsend's gonna bring is like he's gonna be a presence in the backfield and also as a receiver. So it's still yeah. a little bit different. But no, yeah, he it is. is. But I just felt like I should say because I was kind of like suggesting that O'Keefe yeah. hadn't lived up to that no, role, and then he been, had a great game. He was yeah, he was so. literally the all-purpose king tonight. But he, he won them the game. Him and Bowser together yeah. just yeah. Sheesh, man. You know who I need to shout out to, and like it's crazy that I have to do this. It's Obarski. It's Obarski. Yeah, because he. He missed the fifty-one yarder, but like I'm not even gonna put that on. He he can't no, make fifty. That yarders. is on the coaches. Yeah, that that would them. That's like them putting me I, out to do it. I tweeted yarder. that earlier. Like, I was like, I said, what is Gus? Because multiple times this year we've 
Gus has pretty much insinuated that he doesn't really have confidence in their kicking game. Yeah. But then he'll do that, which I don't really understand. I don't see how that's any different than him walking up to Mikey and being like, you're punting on this play. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just, like, what are you doing? But Obarski ended up being a huge problem. I mean, he kicked a 34-yard field goal at one point to give him a 9-7 lead. Um, after the 51-yarder, he comes back later on and makes a 21-yarder to give him a 19-17 lead. Um, and then he added another 33-yard field goal late. So, I mean, he made his kicks, and we saw Florida's kicker miss two kicks, missed a really key one. The one was like a 50, he had this like a 50-something yard or two. That one was just The second one off. was when he had to The make. second one, yeah, he, he had to make it. Florida would have cut it to a one-possession game, and he missed a 45-yard field goal. And that from that, it was kind of at that point where I was like, all right, if UCF can get a couple first downs here, I'll feel good, and it'll be over. And they essentially did that. It was just such a night. And I feel like we should also probably touch on the post-game press conference because that yeah. was interesting, and not just for UCF. Um, UF's post-game presser was the most awkward press conference I've ever attended. And I've attended yeah. a lot of press conferences. And so if you didn't listen to it, which you probably didn't because I don't know why you're listening to UF's press conference, it was, do you know the name of the player, not uh, Emery, but the other player who was Malik there? Davis. Malik Davis, thank you. And so their interim coach clearly did not want to be doing the press conference. He was giving one- and two-word answers to every question. Mm-hmm. It was incredibly awkward. Then a media member asked Malik Davis what he could like carry into next year from this game, and Malik Davis just looked him straight in the face and said, "I'm a senior." Yeah, he literally said, "He said, Malik, you're a young guy. Um, like, what can you take from this game? Like, it'll help you next year." And Malik just leaned in the microphone and goes, "I'm a senior." And then they go to Emory Jones and say, "You know what challenges did UCF present to you tonight?" And he straight up said, "They didn't present me with any challenges. I just didn't complete my." I don't know. Like, I don't know. Because what he was saying toward the back end of his answer was that like. What he said was, like, they didn't do anything unique. And I think his answer on that was kind of just, like, they didn't throw anything, like, at him that he wasn't, like, expecting or something like that. That's kind of what it, that, that part sounded like to me. But, yeah, it was just weird where he was kind of like, no, nah, I just missed some throws. They didn't really do anything to throw me off, which is not just not true because they were, like, they were pressuring him on he every He was pressured play. the whole game. And, and we're talking about the D-line. The secondary had a very good game yeah. as well. And, that, so. and the secondary, it feeds off the, oh, the D-line, too, because the D-line, the D-line was getting there and – he was rushing throws in the secondary had everything covered but then there was also those because what we were worried about or at least I was worried about it was Emory Jones as a as a dual threat as a rusher yeah. and he had some he broke off some runs but a lot of times that he was third and 18 yeah, that he picked up was on. frustrating but. Um, you had saw like many times where like the pocket would collapse and he'd try to escape but he'd have nowhere to go because they just had they had just had him covered they had him bottled up and yeah UCF's defense tonight did an amazing job and I think like that's that's their, their performance early. and Because like, if, if, say, Florida scores on UCF's defense, like, say they score 10, 17 points, whatever, early on, UCF's not going to come back. No. And so you know, while the offense struggled early on, UCF's defense was able to give them a chance to kind of get going. And they really did. And it was always, it was a, it was always the big play. It was like, Johnny Richardson had a 38-yard run um, that, it was, that preceded that fourth down conversion where they ended up scoring their first touchdown. O'Keefe had a 34-yard run to set up Obarski's first field goal. Um, and then O'Keefe had a 74-yard run to set up Bowser's second touchdown. And they were just they were just breaking off runs and then doing like these – and then this, of course, Mikey Keene's 54-yard touchdown pass to O'Keefe. Like, Which was just – they were that was the makeup for the flea flicker. It yeah. was just like that, – that was a single play drive, the drive right? after that, right? Yeah, they literally they mar- marched on the field and just chuck. Yeah. And it wasn't the best ball. I mean, it was a little on their throw, yeah. but just what a freaking play. So I have a stat for you. I'm, I was just looking this up real quick. So only two teams, Florida only Florida was held to fewer points than they scored in UCF tonight only twice this season. It was against Kentucky and Georgia, who obviously are both top 25 teams. Georgia, yeah. top like top three, I think. Yeah. 
So just what and, and what a performance for the freaking defense. I, what a performance all around. And gut, the thing that makes this valuable, and it's the difference we have in Gus Malzahn as your coach and other coaches, is Frost and Heupel, both of them when they were here, were thinking about the next job. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm really not, because that's just kind of how it goes. They're young, up-and-coming coaches. To Malzahn, this is his endgame job, and you could just tell, like, from his mannerisms, from his, like, smiles, like, he is just itching to capitalize on yeah. this in recruiting and brand. And there is one thing that you see us better than anybody, and that's knowing how to build a brand and capitalize on momentum, and that is something they're going to do here. And I do, like, I said it before this game, the game itself, win or loss, didn't really change this season, and I also still want to caution fans on not redefining our expectations for next year off of a single bowl game. But what it can impact is recruiting. I mean, they can go in these living rooms now and sit down these kids and say, we are the best team in the state of Florida. Come help us be even better. That is a, like, that is a huge deal that UCF is now, like, this just felt like a pedestal breakthrough to me, where yeah. UCF really does for the first time, uh, to outsiders, because we've known about it, truly feel on par with Florida and Florida State. Miami. It was always like, oh, yeah, like, they had a good season, but, like, oh, we won't know head-to-head. Like, all the hypo- exactly. on all of the hypotheticals, like... People would just kind of lean toward Florida or lean toward like the the Power Five team. Even in and so now they got to settle it on the field. And I know like oh so and so didn't play whatever. They got to say they got to play each other on the field for the first time in however many years. And UCF won. They they proved they proved a lot tonight. Even in 2017, UCF went undefeated and Florida was four and seven that year. And there were Florida fans who vocally were like, well if we played you we would have won. Yeah. I, it's just it. And Florida fans thought they were gonna win this game and thought they were gonna win it easy. Yeah. So. What yeah, was the one right. Florida it's fan just, that was like, oh, UCF's going to claim they can play in the SEC now? I was like, well, can Florida play in the SEC? Because they literally went 2-6 and six this <laughs> Let year. Let me tell you right SEC now, play. UCF's D-line sure as hell could play yeah. in the SEC. I mean, you, I mean, that's just... another credit to you because you said that the other day. You said Big Cat literally obviously played in the SEC, and you said Ricky Barber, that's a guy who could play in the SEC. Cam Good, I think Cam Good was the best one tonight. Cam, I think Good's, he, Cam Good's ramping up to be a draft pick yeah, next year. He um, looked really, really good tonight. And Traymond Morris, Brash, and Josh Telescar, two more that were. And let me just reiterate what you said. Let me let me give myself another pat on the back for saying that Big Cat could play in the SEC. That was really like spot yeah, analysis. Really come, to, come to the Pegasus podcast for hitting analysis. Yeah. Like we think Big Cat might be able to manage an SEC team. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what else do we have on the game because I just we also can touch on like the. Just Twitter. Yeah. What's, we don't have Twitter to go too right much longer. We're at twenty minutes. It's the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, but I hope I hope we're a lovely part of your car ride home tomorrow. If you're listening to this at two in the morning when I post this, I'm kind of judging you. What are you doing with your life? Like, get to sleep. Like yeah, go to sleep, dude. I mean, I don't, I don't know what that's about, but yeah, I mean, Twitter was not, what was interesting that's to me. Be, yeah. And we were talking about this during the game. Is it seemed like most of Twitter was on UCF's side, which is yeah. not a thing that's. And I realized, oh. One of the very few teams that national like fans hate more than UCF is UF. Like people yeah. lo- like, and I get it because their fans are obnoxious losers. So I understand that. But it was really funny to see like lots of national fans kind of cheering on UCF. You don't yeah. see that much. Um, just <laughs> Florida fans are funny. <laughs> yes. So yeah. you see the tweet I have pulled up here. It's sidelines Florida. Oh, says, poor sidelines Florida's been taking some abuse from UCF fans. So we did. Congrats. First of all, this tweet has 115 quote tweets. Oh my god. Um, so that's cool. Uh, it says, "Congrats UCF on finally beating us. Now win three national championships, eight SEC championships, and be considered one of the greatest college football programs of all time. And that's just football. 42 national championships and counting across all sports. Something UCF couldn't dream of." Is that the conversation we're having right now? Because I don't think it is. It's This is actually hilarious because UF has now fallen onto the old USF trap of lose to UCF and then shout about accomplishments from a decade plus ago. Yeah. And it's funny that Florida is in that And this now. is this is like, if anyone is a baseball fan that doesn't like the Yankees, it's, it's Yankee fans who haven't been, like they haven't been to the World Series 
since I think they won it in 09, and it's just them saying, oh, 27 rings, like half of them weren't even alive. They weren't even alive for like 20 of them. And if you are it's a just, Yankee fan, welcome to our podcast. I don't watch baseball, so I'm neutral towards your Yankee opinions. Um, and I like, I, I mean, you might be a wonderful person, but in terms of baseball, like, we won't get along. Bailey really does. Bailey's a Rays fan, so he doesn't like, uh, yeah. I'm looking through, even, I'm going through the quotes, even the sidelines Ohio State account is making fun <laughs> of sidelines for like, So their tweet, I told you they had 115 quote tweets on that. They also have 162 replies. Every single so. reply is just down bad. Literally three straight <laughs> replies are down real bad. They down bad. Oh, man, Florida's down bad AF. Yeah. It's just... Um, it's, that's one way to go about tweeting. This is also the same account that tweeted um, when this game was, like, rumored. They tweeted, as bad as we are right now, this game would not be close. Gators by 21 plus. It's, uh, UCF that, won by 12. To so. record, that, he tweeted that three weeks ago. That, yeah, wasn't that, was, on, that was in November. That was ago, November yeah. 29th. Like, I mean, was it the day grief. after or a couple days after they beat Florida State? That guy Barely. was just begging to get dunked on. And oh, that's great. The replies in the actual Florida tweet are even better, like Florida tweeting the final score. Yeah. Um, we especially appreciated the UCF fan who tweeted a photo <laughs> of Parker Navarro's faceplant and said, you just lost to Parker Navarro's self-tackle maneuver. So that was the point in the game, if you don't remember, Parker Navarro, like... It was just it was just a draw play. I think it was like yeah, I think it was just a design quarterback run and where he kind of ran around the left the left side, tripped himself up and somehow managed to like face plant into the ground. He fell forward like losing his balance for a good few seconds. Do you remember the old vine of the guy shoveling snow who ends up like <laughs> slipping saying. around for ten seconds? It yeah. felt like that. He was and then, falling in slow motion. But not only did motion. he not only did he fall, he like literally face planted like. It, it, the picture too it looks like it doesn't look good for, for his neck. No, it doesn't. Like, and then he gets great. up and there's just a huge mat of grass shoved in his helmet. Oh, he we also had was not, it Cole Schneider who got a Gator helmet connected. Oh yeah, that to was an, uh, so much. So much happened. Tonight. This was like peak bowl game. Yeah. but just I mean, well, because then there was the, there was the moments where what what happened first? Oh, UCF like kind of surprised Florida, like kind of like a squib kick. It was after the Florida yeah, player punched yeah. a UCF player and got ejected. So UCF was kicking <laughs> off. From that the, alone is yeah. a great sense. UCF was kicking off from the 50, and they kind of like did a squib kick, and it hit off a Florida player, and like they were like scrambling to recover it. They barely recovered it. They ended up going down the field and scoring a touchdown. On that extra point, there's a personal foul on UCF, so they're kicking off from like midfield, and they just drill the kick off of the lineman, or not the lineman, but the, the front line. They just like, yeah. and it was, it was, it almost worked, but UCF was able to recover it, and UCF had great field position off of that. And, scored i believe it was a very um, strange game. But yeah, it was, it was just a from weird... ucf trying the two point it was there was a lot going on it was which... a weird game but it was a bowl game it was it was, it, was so it was a lot of fun and obviously it's one that ucf fans are going to remember for so i have a question how yeah. quickly does florida cancel the series for the series that's I, coming up in 2020 i think no i mean they're arrogant enough to to buy into the excuses and, and think like oh well once once napier has us going like 2024 is what three seasons away? Yeah, three yeah, seasons away. Yeah, but 2024, away. Texas and Oklahoma will be in the SEC. The SEC, there's talk the SEC might go up to even ten conference games. That yeah. is an easy out for them to just be like, I oh, guess, yeah, that would be. I mean, it would be funny. I think it would. Be, it would be funny. I'd laugh. UCF beating UCF Florida, would get a lot of money and yeah, UCF beating Florida in a bowl game and then Florida paying them millions of dollars to not do it again. Yeah, would, would be. Awful. There's there's no like defense from that really. I mean, imagine just paying millions of dollars to be like, please don't hurt me again. Yeah, I mean, do that's not, pretty much what do that not is. do this. It's like bribe money. So I just, <sighs> Florida fans deserve this. They really do. <laughs> I just want to be clear about that. Like, you, I don't talk about Florida fans a lot on the podcast because just it's from different circles. So like, is it, like I talk a lot about my relationship with Cincinnati fans, yeah. and USF fans. 
Florida fans, especially, like, and I'm not talking about like the fan bases in general. Like, I feel like I'm, yeah. it's clear. I said talking about like the Twitter. Yeah, it's usually, yeah, it's, we're, that's what usually um, what we're referring to. Just some fans. of the most toxic individuals you would ever encounter on Twitter. That being said, like, if you're listening to this right and you're a Florida fan for some reason, I don't know why you'd be listening to this, but like, I hope you have a great Christmas. Like, I hope you have a, a good time. Unless you're some other religion. Which yeah, is, I mean, yeah, well, I guess those I don't of you who celebrate Christmas. Bad 25th. Yeah, I mean, but it's those of you who celebrate Christmas, you. like it's the holidays. I don't want yeah. you guys to not enjoy your lives, but. Oh. Um, no, I, no I'm kidding. No, obviously I agree. No, it, but yeah. It, well, there was honestly an interesting moment like that in the game because the, um, you know, it, it, it's a sport, you know. Yeah. Like the uh, I don't know his name, the Gator player who got Justin Shorter. Justin Shorter who got took a nasty hit. It wasn't like a dirty hit. It was just no, bad. It was and just... Went down low, but I still know what his status is. And it was just one of those moments where it's like you're so amped up because at that point you see it was really close to a win, and we're on the edge of our seats. Like, please. Then that happens. You're just like, just, like just praying this dude's okay. I mean, it's like it's a freaking sport. And I hope Twitter is a mess right now, and we're yeah. definitely leaning into it. But, like, I hope people do keep that perspective. It yeah. is a sport, um, as you listen to sports podcasts. But anyway, <laughs> as uh, that being said, this is obviously a monumental moment in UCF history. In some ways, in other ways, it's just another game. But, like I said, I think more than anything, this isn't a top win in UCF history. That would be kind of sad, but... It is definitely just, it's a narrative-shifting moment, I feel like, is the best way to categorize yeah. this bowl. And I think what you, keep, like, what you keep going at is, like, this shouldn't redefine the entire season, or it shouldn't redefine, like, everything, like, what, what next year is supposed to be because of this game happening. But what at least, like, this game does do is it provides, like, a very, it was, this was, a, like, a lot of adversity this season, and it was a very nice, nice way to end the season. Like, Gus said, like, this, he even said in his press conference, like, this is building a foundational year, and that win was just icing on the cake. And it's just, you, you said this to me, I think, earlier today, or I guess it would be yesterday at this point. Um, <laughs> it was, you said something like, well, imagine like if UCF loses, we're going to have to deal with that for the next, like, eight months until the next season starts. Like, that's the lasting yeah. memory we're going to have of the last time UCF played a football game. Now, we have this game, a 29-17 win over Florida, just a really fun, crazy game, great atmosphere. That's, like, the lasting memory of this season, which is really that's a cool That's a great lasting thing. memory. Because, like, even you look at last year, like, the BYU game, like, no one wanted to remember that. No one wanted to remember that season at all in general. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, even to, to a lesser extent, I guess, in 20, 2018, losing to, like, losing the streak at the end of the season, losing to LSU, yeah. like, it was tough. It was different because it was, it was a little different. Six, and yeah. I've never, like, regardless But it still was like, all right, we, like, lost our last game, and, like, we need to make that make up for that. We have nine months to wait for it. Like, this is, like... It's a great uh, Yeah, like, because now like, it's, it sucks. Like, now we're going to have to go eight months without UCF football. We literally, we were driving back, and I just went, oh. And you're like, what? I'm like, I just realized the season's over. Yeah. Like, that's it. It that's really sucks. it really sucks that the season is over. We're going to have um, some fun podcasts for the next nine months, though, so I hope you guys <laughs> join us. But, man, I can't wait to yeah. get back. But, but it's, it's just, just nice to, to say that. And I, I still, I don't think this necessarily changes what next season is, can, can be, or will be, but... Mm-hmm. Like I said, the big impact is just brand and recruiting. I mean, that was that that was why you want Matt. And we had an argument about this. We remember them arguing because you ended up changing to my side before we had a podcast. <laughs> but like, this is why I would take this with the risk a million times over playing Central Michigan. Well, yeah, because it worked out. Like, but I said that before. <laughs> no, the yeah, game. I know. I know. I, I, it's risk versus reward, but and I it think paid off in a huge way. We would be having way. a different conversation right now if they had lost this game, but and, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. but they didn't. That's so the worked. point. Worked out. This is what bowl game should be. This was a ton of fun. That was I was trying I was trying to say to you I think that's the biggest crowd I've ever seen UCF play in front of. It was sixty three thousand people. I don't think the Peach Bowl had that many. I'd have to double check. Huge crowd, amazing atmosphere, and it just and Mackenzie Milton actually took Mackenzie Milton is now very active on UCF Twitter, which is no, like the best the thing. best development. He was at the, the game world. wearing a um, the Aaron Evans art like, yeah, sh- the shirt with nitro the uh, and, uh, yeah uh, nitro and a bull. 
It was or yeah, just depending on who you're talking to. Yeah, but it's just nice to have him back. But he he's, tweeted at one point. He was he tweeted. He was like, "This atmosphere is why UCF should be playing FSU and Florida Man regularly." And I'm like, yeah. "I agree. That atmosphere was awesome. That was a big time college football game." Yeah, it was. It really was like a just. It was a lot of fun, and the fact like I keep going back to it, like the fact that, like this is what we can remember the end of the season by is just. I mean, they they played how many injuries they have this year, and Dude, it was ridiculous. So many injuries. Dylan Gabriel goes down week three, never comes back, is now gone forever. I mean, I have to say, you know, and then not only that, like you had the adversity of like the the Otis Anderson thing. Like I don't think we've talked about that enough. Like that happened what, like two weeks ago, three yeah, weeks ago. Like three weeks ago, I think. No, so many of these guys knew him personally and were like, O'Keefe said it in his press conference after or the post game press conference after. He's like, he's like a big brother to me, and this was an emotional. This is the first time playing since that happened, obviously, and it was an emotional time for them. And so for them to have gone through all that and then get this moment where they're able to like they're able to just go out there and do what they did like that has to be so gratifying for them. You have to think about the fact that this team midway through the season, they were injuries were piled the hell up. Lots of key players were out. They just gotten killed by Cincinnati. Their conference hopes were done. Like this season was not supposed to be. Ninety nine percent of teams check out in that situation. And from this after the Cincinnati game to now, UCF went six and one. Yeah, that's. That we don't talk about that enough. I mean, with a, with a depleted team, with quote unquote nothing left to play for, and a true freshman quarterback was going up and down, and and he so ended many, with a yeah. seven and three record. I think that we yeah, decided. I think I think that's what we said seven which, and three overall. Which I remember that with very, one of those losses being to the number what the number four team is Cincinnati number Cincinnati four, four so yeah number four team unfortunately go Cincinnati yeah. in the playoff. I, guess, um, so I, I don't know if I agree with this, but the Peach Bowl apparently had seventy one thousand one hundred nine. What's the capacity of that stadium? Uh, I don't know. Because it was like eighty percent full, maybe. But that was the, I guess, the announced attendance. So for, for, for football, it says seventy-one thousand, expandable to seventy-five thousand. That was just not a sold-out stadium. It just I was don't not. Think I agree. What you know, whatever. Congrats to the Peach Bowl and their fake attendance. But <laughs> I, you know, I don't remember what point I was about to make. Something I was, about, I, I got, I was very worked up about it. I can still feel no. the emotion in my brain, but I'm not sure where I was going with it. There's something about them. You said something about Cincinnati. But yeah, then you were talking oh, about. Oh, I remember I was gonna say in in the spirit of the holidays and Christmas, I like and and I, honestly more just because UCF won the bowl game, I might be okay with Cincinnati winning that game. No, if it happens. Oh, okay. No, that's fine too. I don't care. That's fine too. Okay. Oh, oh, can I say another thing? Sure. This win. This is a podcast. You can say whatever you like. Well, not whatever you like, but <laughs> within reason. This uh, within reason. We don't curse on this podcast except for occasionally. Um, we. This was a big win for the bi- new Big Twelve as yeah. well because all of these teams not just the existing Big 12 but the new teams coming in just need resume boosters and showing the programs and UCF establishing itself at least for this season I'm not trying to like exaggerate as the best team in the state of Florida yeah. and beating Florida that's just a huge like in another just resume building quality well, like, moment for the new Big 12 which we, is big we, we could talk about it maybe more next week but like it's multiple seasons now where UCF can claim that this time it was like at least like a, def- like a definitive like yeah. this happened on the field but there's been multiple seasons in the last few years where UCF can say, "Hey, we were the best team in the state of Florida," and so they're like kind of building this. They're trend, they're obviously very, very much trending upward, and so that's huge. They were even if you just take it, just go by top twenty-five rankings, just the rank, just the polls. UCF was the best team in the state of Florida in 2017. They were the second best team in 18, the second best team in 19. They fell off in 2020, and now they're the best team in 2020. I mean, they have been the best or second best team in the state for more than a half a decade now. Yeah, it's basically ever since 2012. Which yeah. is kind of hilarious. Yeah. Best thing that ever happened to UCF. Which is crazy to think about. It's probably Which actually not the so, best thing, no. but it's definitely top But it's so funny just that people will use that as a jab. Or like, you guys have gone 0-12, so I'm like, okay. 
Like, we got Owen. Yeah, the like, UCF's gone sidelines. Florida's calling out wins from like the nineties. UCF's right gone zero and twelve, and like still has accomplished so much more than a lot of the fan bases that are like you guys went zero and twelve. We've had this conversation before, but a lot of uh, yeah USF fans love talking about it. But again, they they actually think it's still twenty fifteen, and they've but, accomplished nothing. Um, that's not true. They won they won as many games at Raymond James this year as UCF did. Um, the thing about that is. I think that, and I know that this is definitely a UCF perspective, but I think the 0-12 season is actually in, in a way impressive. And obviously, <laughs> going 0-12 is not impressive. That's nightmarish. But It's one twenty nine in the morning, ladies and gentlemen. The, <laughs> and I'm sitting here, I'm like conspiracy, like, listen, going 0-12 is impressive. I, no, but I'm serious. Well, not about it being impressive, but the majority of college football programs would never recover from an 0-12 season. Yeah. Would never come back. It, like, Boise State has been very good for a very long time. If they went 0-12, they are never coming back. That's the case for a lot of programs. UCF bounced back immediately. And they've done it multiple... This, I can't, all right, I can't believe really I'm saying this. This was not UCF's first winless season. And it wasn't the first... UCF has had this weird... All right, so let's look back at the history of UCF for a second. They've had three winless seasons. The first one was when they moved up from D3 to D2. And it was like, oh, wow, this was a mistake. Then UCF ended up getting really good after that. Then the next one was in 2003. They bottomed out. Then they joined Conference USA the year after, and they played for the Conference Town their first year and elevated the program. Then in 15, obviously, then they elevate the program more. So for some reason, like, they kind of have to go 0-12 or winless. Every once in a while. To get, it, it, it like, doesn't happen, like, when they go to the Big 12. Hopefully it's not, well, Listen, like... we'll take the L in 2023, and then that, that by 2025 we'll be national champions again. So that, that makes sense. I'd rather not follow that trajectory. Maybe the, maybe we just kind of cut out the 0-12s and, and... Well, it's the Miami Marlins debate. Sustain... It, from, um, oh, yeah. You know, it's because they... It's, Every time they make the playoffs, they, they win. win they it they ended, though, series. in 2020. It did end, but we're going to pretend it didn't happen. Um, yeah. It's like, would you take your team being awful all the time if, like, once a decade they were, like, champions? Or would you rather have a team that's just always, like, okay? Yeah, I don't know. Or you can have UCF who's just going to be great every year. So, Gus is building something, guys. Gus is building he's, something. Yeah, he's very... He is going to know how to capitalize He on was, that. like, giddy in the press post-game press conference. You said, you, we were both talking about us wearing masks, we're media, and we're both just beaming at yeah, him. Like, he's so talking, like, we're like, smiling he away. Like, he's just so Like, school right kids were just, like... Someone asked him if he was going to recruit like his hair on fire. And he was like, "What do you say?" He's like, "Well, what hair said, I have yeah, left?" He's like, he's like, "I don't have much left." <laughs> he said he he said they were gonna. What did he say? He said, "I, I, I tweeted it. It was like something about recruiting their butts off and just in his he, and his drawl with his with his southern drawl. It was just that's what this game was more than anything. Was just a thing. massive recruiting opportunity, and you are already seeing that. I mean, yeah. that's going to be fun. And Shout out to Gasparilla Bowl Enjoyer. They just like a couple of my tweets. I love. I just love that display name, Gasparilla. I hope you did and really enjoy the Gasparilla Bowl. And as, as a UCF fan, I know you did. So, shout out to you, Gasparilla Bowl enjoyer. Great Twitter name. We all enjoyed the Gasparilla Bowl. We did. Um, what a man! What a game! The, what even a the Gasparilla Bowl official account um, stopped tweeting like a pirate through the game. <laughs> uh, so that was exciting. But well, all right, nice. we should wrap this up. It's very. Late. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. We'll be back at some point in the next week. I don't really know what day we're. We haven't recording, picked it. So. We need to figure out because now we're gonna. Well, we have to figure out what day we're gonna release in the off season. Yeah. But, We'll have fun. We'll talk more about the bowl game next season. I think we'd like to next, next week. It's 1.30 a.m., guys. Talk about some of the implications for both the Big 12 and the program going forward. Then after that, we're going to move into February where I don't know what the hell we're going to talk yeah. about. Well, at some point, we'll have end-of-season um, awards, and we'll have our, like, yeah, we've got some rank stuff. game rankings of, like, yeah. And we'll then we'll be, with you, we'll, we'll be with you here through spring ball, then through all summer. Maybe the Charge on Tour. We'll do that again oh, like that we did last fun. year. Well, we're, anymore, basically, the point I'm making is we're still going to be dropping weekly podcasts. Yeah, we'll still we'll still be around. I like how you're just telling everybody, like, we'll still be here with you, like, in, through next year. Like, well, yeah, let me say one. really quickly, because we're, I mean, we're a little more than, we didn't really say anything about it being our 50th episode, but we've been doing this for a while now. We're coming up on a year. We yeah. started in January of last year. Late January. So grateful to our many listeners. You guys are just, you guys are awesome. I love interacting with you guys on Twitter, too. It's been fun to learn that uh, you not only like when I write things, but also when I speak. 
Um, so that's been great. Yeah. It's been a great year, and we're looking forward to another one. I mean, thank you to all of you. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, and, and it's just, it's been fun interacting with you guys, especially with just like the stupid, dumb things we talk about on this podcast, and for you guys to actually somehow enjoy that and like like multiple people uh, who listen to this have tweeted Shreveport stuff at me, and that is great. Like that just like <laughs> makes me it makes my day every time. Yeah, it's the Shreveport, greatest. who we've talked about on Twitter, takes so many like just total yeah. like it, it's just ridiculous. ricochet shots, ricochet shots nonstop every time because the Memphis, of course. Had their bowl game canceled, they went all the way to Hawaii, and someone's like, "Well, at least they didn't go like to Shreveport and then have their game canceled." Just and then it's unnecessary. Florida has the ball and is trying to make it a single score game, and I'm tweeting about like Shreveport slander. <laughs> but yeah, really, thank you to all of you. Yeah. So excited to get going. Well, I'm not excited for the off season. I'm actually really depressed about it, but <laughs> we'll still be here. So hope you we guys will. keep listening. We will still be here. We'll have plenty to talk about. I'm sure the transfer portal stuff will pick up. It's it, yeah, we'll have a lot. There will be plenty. On. Yeah. Last offseason, we thought there'd be nothing to talk about. And then Danny White left, Josh Heupel left. They announced a 12-team Yeah, when we started playoff, the podcast, Texas, I think, left for the was it our first podcast that Danny White left or was yeah. it the second? Uh, and then, first it was Danny like, White left. And then, then Josh left the yeah. second. Then we had one speculation podcast. Then they signed Mahadra. Then the fifth one was yeah. us. Like, we, was, we were introduced rapidly. Yeah, <laughs> so. a, a lot happened, and I'm sure Man. more is going to happen throughout this offseason. Hopefully not like the AD and coach leaving. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't think, <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Hopefully not. Um, Gus and Gus and Terry had a nice moment on the field after the game, and that it was, was very tender. Moment. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, um, but yeah, we'll be back next week, and, and until then, you can find us on Twitter at Bailey J Adams twenty two at by C A Simmons and at Night Sports Now. Check out nightsportsnow.com in the coming days and weeks. We'll have some stuff written, I'm sure, at some point. And Christmas oh. is coming up, but we'll get, I, we'll get probably some stuff. nothing until the twenty. Yeah, we'll get some stuff up on things. the site. But uh, we've we've enjoyed this this ride with you guys so far, and thank you for listening all season. Um, enjoy this one. Fire off all the tweets you need to fire off at this Every point. Every single it's, one. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Have your fun. And, that one uh, that you just put in your drafts and walked away from, nah, yeah. send that. Thank you guys so it. much for being with us, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.